Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and it is my deepest desire to journey with you down the path to better health, mind, body, and spirit through the practice of mindfulness and spiritual awakening. Here in this sacred space, we will examine how the practice of higher consciousness and self-awareness can actually lead us to an optimal state of physical and spiritual health. We will talk about the various ways to increase our awareness and support one another along this beautiful journey. Thank you for being here and welcome. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast, Episode 13, with my guest, Lisa Morrison. Lisa is an evidential psychic medium who brings forth information from spirit for validation that life continues after death, as well as to bring comfort and healing to those still here in the physical realm. She is clairaudient, clairvoyant, and clairsentient, and uses those gifts to also provide psychic insight to help you take control of your life to live up to your true potential. Lisa has studied evidential mediumship at the Journey Within Spiritualist Church and Montclair Metaphysical Center with numerous internationally known tutors from the U.S. and Arthur Findlay Spiritualist College in England. Lisa is also a certified Akashic Records reader, Reiki master teacher, crystal Reiki practitioner, and certified in past life regression therapy by renowned psychiatrist and author, Dr. Brian Weiss. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast, episode 13. I am here with psychic medium, Lisa Morrison, and I'm very excited to talk to Lisa. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah. Many people are waiting for this, this episode. Um, so we have so much to cover. So I thought we might dive right in and, uh, and talk about the first, um, thing I I'm curious about is how did your psychic journey begin? So it's actually a very interesting um, story that's so interesting that I actually started writing a book on it. Um, so basically what happened was I had uh, started suffering from panic attacks in, what was this, January, end of January, beginning of February of 2012. Um, you know, at the time, there was a lot going on in my life that my mother and my husband were attributing it to that, but I had never had anxiety before. Um, so after about two months, it got, it was severe to the point where like, I, I really wasn't comfortable leaving the house. Um, I'd be out in the store. I feel like I couldn't breathe. I'd have to leave. Um, you know, I started really living in fear at that point. So they convinced me to go to the doctor, which I didn't want to, cause I wasn't a fan of like the, the medication thing and what it would make me feel like and stuff like that. But I went because at that point I was suffering. I said, let me just listen. So I went and, you know, they gave me Xanax, um, which I reluctantly took the prescription, but um, I started seeing a therapist and over the course then of the next couple of months, um, nothing was helping. It proceeded to get worse. It, it just got worse and worse and worse. So I ended up reaching out on a whim to a spiritual healer on Long Island. And at the time I didn't know anything about healing chakras, energy, nothing. I knew nothing. 
I saw this woman on TV. I pulled her up, read her reviews. It said she could heal people from anxiety. And I was like, she's my girl. So, so I make this appointment. <laughs> right. Um, and I remember my mother, I called her up and she goes, what are you going to do? And I was like, look, I'm desperate. Like, I don't care. I will do anything at this point. Um, so that was in May. I made the appointment. She wasn't available to the first week of July. So I continued to suffer till then. Mm. Um, so I go down to see her and she does, um, we do, you know, we have a conversation beforehand of everything I'm dealing with. And then she does, um, her energy work, her, her, her chakra balancing, as she called it, which again, like I said, didn't know, have a clue. Um, and I do remember during it, um, which now I understand what it was, but I was seeing a lot of colors. Um, at one point I saw almost what looked like a dragon. It was weird. Like in my mind's eye, um, didn't understand what was happening. And I left after that. And the first thing that we did notice on the way home is I had started all of a sudden having anxiety over bridges which was funny because I traveled a bridge to work for years. Every day I went over the Bear Mountain Bridge, no problem. Now all of a sudden, you know, I'm going over a bridge and I'd be screaming and crying. Right. We're driving home from Long Island. We're going over um, the tap and we're in traffic. And that's when I normally, when I would panic, I'm looking at the window and my husband goes, did you notice anything? And I said, what? He goes, you're not freaking out. And I was like, well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> So fast forward that, that same week we get home, I'm feeling calmer. I'm feeling like I can get out of the house. I could do things. And all of a sudden I'm starting to go to sleep one night and I start to see these people being drawn. Like I'm right between, like, I'm just falling asleep, like right in that state. Right. And all of a sudden, like, it's like a chalkboard and I see a man being drawn the eyes. I see the hair. I see the facial features, everything. I jump up and I open my eyes. I was like, what the heck was that about? start to go back to sleep again now i'm seeing a woman being drawn in front of me jump back up so this went on for i'd say about three weeks and mm -hmm. i didn't say anything i just dealt with it it would wake me up like i would jump out and then i'd start to go back to sleep eventually i'd, I'd fall asleep in the meantime everything else is pretty much back to normal with me right you know as far as being able to go outside and, and do things <laughs> I wake up one morning. So yeah, it's about like the first week of August, I believe. And I have um, burning sensation on the top of my head and I'm itching it. And now I'm home. My husband's at work. I had two kids. One was at that point, six months old. And the other one was two. And um, this went on for about four hours. At one point, I have my head under the sink with cold water running on it. I don't know what's happening. I'm thinking I'm having a stroke. Right. Um, it really felt like bugs burning, like hot bugs crawling. Yeah. Um, I, since I had gotten that prescription back in March, I'd only take one Xanax. One time I took one. Other than that, I had the whole bottle. I didn't want to take it. Right. I um, end up taking one and I email the healer and I said, I don't know what has been going on since I've seen you. I said, I've gotten better in some ways, but now I have a whole other slew of things happening. I said, I'm freaking out right now. Please help me. Yeah. So she emails me back within 15 minutes and says, can you call me? So I call her, I tell her what's going on. So she proceeds to tell me that my crown chakra is opening up right. fairly quickly. She goes, I, you know, you don't normally see it happening that fast. And I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. And this is, and this is after only one, one energy healing 
chakra yep. clear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty it was powerful. After the one session. So then um, I start to tell her, you know, obviously about the people and all of those things that are going on. And she goes, uh, well, did I tell you that I felt that you had mediumship abilities? And I said, no, left that out. And, and that's <laughs> when it all started. Wow. So of course, I was skeptical. Um, I mean, I've always believed in psychics and mediums, but I, it was funny, like, there's no way that I was one, right? So um, I said, well, look, I said, if this is what you're telling me what's going on, I'll humor you. What do I need to do to make the stuff go away? Like, I just right, want to right. be normal. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're like, to, so she gave me some books to read. And um, from there, I actually started taking classes. I said, well, let's see if there's anything to it. Um, and sure enough, I started to take classes. And once I understood how to perceive that energy, um, how to you know interpret it and how to release it, the panic attacks and the anxiety went away. That stuff at night went away. I learned how to control it, how to open up to it, how to close to it. But that's how it got. That's how I found out. So when when you sometimes when you're going along finding your, your special gift, which I think everyone has some kind of special gift mm -hmm. when you choose to embrace it and you become curious about it, it can, it can be that that's when you discover your gift, but it's when you, cause you had a choice, you could have tried to fight it and get rid of it, but you made the choice to become curious and see what it was maybe about. And now look where it has led you. Right. And that's, yeah. that's, what's funny too, because I always, I always did it with the intention of, well, if this is really what's happening and if it's going to make me feel better to hone in on this and understand it, I'll do that. But it was never, my intention was never to make it a career. Like right. I had a job um, at that time I had become a stay at home mother, but I had every intention of going back to my regular job when my kids went to kindergarten, uh, you know, and it took me down a whole different path without even trying, you know, I remember that year after, once I had started taking classes, my mother would have people come from her job that I didn't know. She'd know their stories. Wouldn't tell me a word, you know, Saturday afternoon, we'd meet at her house and it's like, all right, well, Lisa's going to try to read you and, you know, have no expectations. She may be totally wrong. You know, I wasn't charging nothing. Um, wow. And, you know, let's just see where this goes. Right. And right off the bat, even before I really took enough classes to hone in on the whole interpretation thing, because that's, that can be very difficult. Yeah. Um, I was getting extremely accurate, pertinent information, like validating pieces, right? even though I didn't know how to interpret it. At the time, it would be more of like, I would just spew what I saw or felt. Mm -hmm. And the person would be like, oh, I understand this, or I understand that. But, right. you know, it doesn't always work that way. But it, these people were open to just coming to sit for me and let's see what happens. So so when you say that it was never your intention for this to be your job or anything like that, it, was, it might not have been your intention, but it was the universe is always for this to be who you are. And so you might not have discovered it until later on. Right. But chances are great that it was in you always since when, you know, when you 
came into the yeah, world. Yeah, I had asked um, <clears throat> Pat, the healer, about that because I, you know, you watch a lot of shows. Um, well, I did, and most people do, where they're always talking about, oh, I remember when I was a little kid, you know, I saw my grandma at the end of my bed when I was five, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't have any of that that I can recall. And she said to me, she goes, well, traumas can turn it on and off. She goes, so did you have a trauma as a child? I said, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I said about the age of seven. And then sure enough, when everything started to open, when the panic attack started, I had gone through several traumas, like three of them within a six or eight week time span. Yeah. And then the panic attacks only started a couple of weeks later. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, there are different things I think, and, and it's the same with a spiritual shift or a spiritual awakening. Certain things can ignite it kind of, you know, it can be right. that you go and seek it out through Kundalini yoga, or it could be that trauma that somehow shifts us. And, you know, one, it can lead us to healers to try to get some, like it did for you. And also for me, I too sought Reiki after the trauma of losing my mom. Um, but sometimes we seek those kind of avenues and we have no idea what it's going to do or how it's going to awaken us. So I, I wanted to ask you, the next question is, were you, were you um, afraid when you started to hear people from the other side. So you said that when you would fall asleep, you'd see them being drawn right? like a, like with a pencil or whatever. Right. When, when did you start to hear them? When could you start to hear them speak? Well, I didn't realize that I was already because it's okay. a thought form. And it's okay. in a lot of, most of the time people are thinking, oh, you're going to hear them. Like you're going to hear a voice. Like we're speaking to each other and you hear it audible in your ear. Um, it's a thought in your voice. It's whether or not you realize what's you and what's coming from the other side. So it had been happening all along and that I didn't know. I didn't realize until I was told that. And then I started to sit and what a thought would come in, whether I was actively trying to read somebody or otherwise, um, randomly, I don't know, washing dishes. You know, I always tell people think about, um, if you're in the shower or doing dishes or driving something where you kind of sometimes zone out almost into like a meditative state, vacuuming is another one. Um, and you may not be thinking about something. And then all of a sudden something just out of left field pops into your head, a thought, uh, call someone or something you have to do, or a song pops in. That's a message. That's not you. Like, where did that come from? You were not consciously thinking about it. So that's how that works. So I was never afraid of hearing things, but I was afraid in the beginning of what the heck was happening when I kept seeing these people being drawn. And then it started it turning into symbols. Um, like I'd have flashes of numbers and uh, triangles and squares, circles, spirals. Like it, that freaked me out. I started to think that I was schizophrenic. Like that's sure. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Something wasn't right. Right. So that, that's a good segue into people all the time. I hear people say, well, how do I know if this is an intuitive message or I'm just having a a thought? Am I obsessing about a thought or is this an intuitive message that I need to heed? How do you differentiate between, between an intuitive message and just an abstract thought that you would have? 
feelings. So if there's any feelings of anxiety, fear, sadness, anger that come with it, it's not a message from the other side. If it's a message ah. or an intuitive message from the other side, whether it's a thought or whether it's a gut feeling, um, a lot of people say they'll feel it in their heart chakra. Uh -huh. it's, it's, it's a matter of fact, even if it's something that is a, a more serious situation, like say it's a health thing or whatever, there will be no fear behind it. It's just matter of fact, like this is what you need to do, or this is what you need to focus on, or that's it. There's no, it detaches from the emotion. Got it. So I've had experiences where I'll have a message sent to me to tell that person, do not drive today. Mm -hmm. Just not today. I'm not upset. I'm not. It's a matter of fact, just like you said, don't drive today. That's it. That's it. And then I go on about my business and I tell them and they usually listen, which is really good. You won't, you know, and so that's, that's a really great um, I'm sure that answered a lot of people's questions because am I like making this up or is this my intuition? And so you're saying if there's no fear, anger, anxiety, or anything attached to right. it, then it's your intuition. Right. Awesome. That is great. Um, how does, okay. So you, you're going to a, you're going to go to a, a group, um, reading. So you have all these people coming to see you and they're all excited and they get in their chairs and they're waiting for you. And what's going on for you as a, as a psychic medium, what's happening as you're sitting in your chair and you see everyone hustling and bustling in what's going on in Lisa at that point? Honestly, I'm trying, what I tend to do I don't know if I even do this consciously or not, but I tend to close off to everybody. <laughs> like <laughs> I just kind of go into my own energy and um, I don't, cause I don't even like to like tap in before I start. I don't want to have any preconceived, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I want that to be or, like in the moment. Right. So if I do, sometimes I will, most of the time I don't, cause I'm pretty good at shutting it out. But even if I do start to feel someone's, I'm like, nope, you have to wait until we start. <laughs> and I just kind of work on focusing on turning my conscious mind off because that could ruin everything. If you get in your mind and start to, you know, screw up the interpretations because you're, you're playing off of your own ideas. And, you know, so I work on focusing on that. I will focus on grounding myself and just centering all of my energy and keeping my, my vibration high, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like I think about my aura expanding, so it's easier, the, the higher, right? The energy. I always tell people like when you're connecting specifically on a mediumistic level, you know, it's kind of meeting the spirit world halfway. They'll lower their vibration a little bit and you'll raise yours a little bit higher to blend with their energy. So then you could, you know, blend with their soul and bring through the information. So I'll like think about like how my aura is expanding out, 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 out. You know, it really is all just about centering and preparing myself physically Mm -hmm. and mentally and energetically for then starting to connect. Do you meditate prior to the event? Like maybe at home, do you meditate? Do you do any kind of ritual beforehand? So I have, I don't, I used to meditate in the beginning because I didn't know how to turn my brain off. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that anymore. Now it's just like a light switch. Um, but I do have a whole prayer where I, 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 where I center myself even prior to 
walking into the venue, you yeah. know, that I do where I, it is similar to a meditation, but it's quick. It's only two or three minutes where I close my eyes. I breathe, I call on certain people and guides and stuff like that for protection and putting out my intentions of the information I want to receive that I want it to be for the highest good. Um, you know, again, thinking about centering myself and keeping myself grounded. And then the most important thing that I say at the end, which some people may find funny, but I always say that I need, you know, I, I have to trust that they will bring through who needs to come through and the messages that need to come through for who's in attendance tonight. Right. Because, you know, I'll have people that come up to me, how come I didn't get a reading? Right, uh, right. Such know? disappointment, yeah. And, you know, one, I don't have control. There's a couple of reasons why that happens. Um, but two, you know, I've seen from doing this for so long now, the spirit world knows who's coming. They know who needs to hear what. And yes, we may be in pain and really want to hear from somebody, but the person next to you that got read may have been suicidal. We don't know that. I've seen right. that stuff. Sure. You know, so sure. we can't judge. There's, a, you know, what I mean, it doesn't mean your loved ones aren't with you. Of course. But so I always put that out. That's the last thing I say before I walk in is, you know, who's going to be here. I trust you will guide me and bring through the people to me that need to hear something tonight. You know, beautiful. Yeah. So, so when, when, so the question always, I, I get asked this a lot. Um, people will ask me, are some people born with a greater potential to tap this part of them? Is their third eye a little more open at birth or is it just expanded by nature? Why do some people have the gift of healing or mediumship or any of the other kind of gifts or is everyone, does everyone have the potential to tap whatever that gift may be? And right now we're talking about mediumship and we're talking right. about, you know, crown chakra and third eye chakra expansion. Right. Can so, is everybody, or how do you explain that? The way I see it, everybody has an ability. Everybody's born with an ability. That's where we come from. And that's where we go back to, right? Um, you know, so when we're deceased, when we're not in a body, or I will say this, when we're not in a body and we're in a soul, like that's how souls communicate is telepathically. Yes. Right? And that's how I communicate with them now is through, you know, the thoughts, through the images, which again, are thoughts, right? So you got clairvoyance, clairaudience, um, clairsentience, the feelings, but um, you know, we come here, we're all, so that's why I feel like we all have the ability. I do, again, from my personal viewpoint and experiences and from teaching this stuff too, yeah. some people yeah. I feel like are just naturally gifted or, or like where they have it naturally stronger yeah. because it's supposed to be used as a purpose during their lifetime. Okay. That's okay. how I've seen it. Cause I have students that have been coming four or five years and some of them are you know they're getting stronger and they're getting and they're I mean they're phenomenal and and they're in some sort of whether they're readers or whether they're healers I have one that's a shamanic healer she's unbelievable um and she's found her gift of actually being able to pick up more on a medical intuitive level why she's doing her healings yes 
Um, and then I have others that have been coming for years and they enjoy it and they use it for their own personal, spiritual growth and connection. Mm-hmm. And even after all these years of, of constant practice, their, their ability is not at the same level as say one of the others. It doesn't mean that one's better than the other, but I feel like we're all unique. Right. And maybe we're all along the journey at a different pace or, or place along the journey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, Cause I know a lot of people say, well, I, I want to, you know, I want to be a medium. I want to be a healer. I want to, you know, how can I develop that kind of gift? And, and like I told you earlier, I, I used to go to a psychic development uh, circle. Cause I was trying to um, control all of my openings during my spiritual awakening that were kind of like yours hitting me like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I discovered my gift to read photos and, and objects. So, um, and, and, you know, that was all just by accident. It just mm-hmm. happens. And, and I just always thought, um, can everybody, you know, find their way, but I guess it's, it's when it's time for them and, you know, along their journey. And there's a lot of stuff around it. I think that. Oh, right. Just like the fact that I was in my late twenties when I came out and I hear, I meet so many people that were kids and always, always had it as a kid and remember, you know, things, but then I've also met other people that didn't come out until their forties or fifties. Exactly. So there's a timing thing as well. Um, You know, and like you said, so you're good at psychometry. Mm-hmm. I could do psychometry, but it's not my strong point. Um, pendulums and I do not resonate. And that's another thing. If you're using tools, yeah, you may have a tool that resonates with you and it does not resonate with another person. And it's just not their thing. It doesn't mean exactly. somebody's not gifted. Right. But I want pendulums and pendulums. About, I'm like, I'm done with pendulums. They never write for me. Never. Yeah. Isn't it I funny? I can make them in Reiki, but. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do too. I use mine in, in uh in Reiki. Um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, myself as being a, a, uh, chakra healer, and I've studied the chakra system pretty in depth. I find that maybe it has something to do with, um, Kundalini rising awareness, rising, and those chakras becoming unblocked and releasing, a lot of energy that sort starts to travel upward. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yes, the crown chakra can blow open like yours did for sure. I mean, I think it's unique to every single person, how it happens for them. Probably. Yeah. yeah it's pretty cool though. It doesn't uh, tell people, it doesn't mean that you don't have some sort of an ability. Cause that's where we've come from, you know? So if you're interested in it, you know, as long as you find the right teacher and your intentions are pure, exactly. It will never hurt you to tap into this sort of thing. You know, there's a lot of people that are afraid, um, whether it's a religious thing or just fear of the unknown. Um, you know, and I grew up Catholic. And so that, I mean, I remember being a little nervous at first, even though at that point in my life, I didn't follow. Right. You know, I went every week as a kid, I had all my sacraments, but, um, you know, of course that sat in the back of my mind for the Mm -hmm. beginning of, Oh, that, you know, that this is not, I know. Not safe. I know. I know. And we spoke a little bit before the podcast, um, talking about that we wanted to do this too, because I personally want to demystify and take away any negative thought. Um, because 
the gifts that if, like you just said, if the intention is pure and I know personally, you have helped so many people have their hearts healed and your gift is beautiful. Your intention is beautiful. And it's, I, I really want people to understand that this, this kind of metaphysical, um, these gifts that people have healing mediumship, um, you know, and, and the other ones, it just, it can be so helpful to people if, if, if your motivation is love and that is, and that is that, but I wanted to ask you this next one, cause I don't know about it and I'm fascinated by it. The Akashic record. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just briefly explain? Yeah. So that's that? like your soul. I always tell people that's your soul blueprint really. Um, they, or they call it the book of life too, you know? So basically what it does, it, it records, like we each have our own book and it records each lifetime. Okay. So when I do that type of reading, which I don't do it very often because a lot of people either don't know what it is or, or are not interested in it. You can get, it, it's more of tapping into a different vibration, right? Cause I'm, tap, I'm tapping into that book. Um, and your guides or masters that kind of protect that book and record in that book for you. I can get, you know, things on similar to a psychic reading, but different because I'm not predicting things. It's more of, um, you know, purpose and where you're at in your life and where you're headed and, and, you know, what messages or things you need to continue to, you know, walk your path and your purpose and make the right choices and go in the right direction. But then again, you can also Mm -hmm. tap into past lives that way. Wow. Which you, which you studied under Dr. Brian Weiss. I, the regressions. Yep. So past life regressions, he wrote the book, right? Many lives, many masters. Did he, ah, such a great book. Like life-changing autocrafted for me (laughs) that's phenomenal that is quite a life changer that book so so i guess reincarnation you know there's a lot of debate Mm -hmm. is reincarnation real you know do we accumulate karmic energy do we have to come back have we been here before deja vu and all these things so if if you're studying past life regression then I would assume, right. That reincarnation is a reality for you. And oh yeah, I've, I've been regressed quite a few times Yeah, and it definitely, and it definitely is, you know, and the difference say between doing the, doing a past life reading, you know, tapping into the Akashic records versus a regression, I can tell you, oh, I'm picking up on, I don't know, you were a warrior whenever you year, right. In this country and blah, blah, blah. So I could give you the information, maybe it could tie into something that you're dealing with now in this life, but, and give you the aha moment. Yeah. And that's as far as it goes with the regression, you walk through the life, you're reliving the life. So it's actually more healing when you do it that way, because if you're carrying something, say mm-hmm. you have a fear of fires. I just did a regression the other day and something. you have a fear of fires um, and you don't know where it came from. Nothing in this lifetime happened for you to have this phobia, yeah. right? Now I walk you through and you, you come upon this life where time where you died in a fire, right. you relive it. But then the, at the same time, you're realizing it's a past life. The past can stay in the past, right. Leave, you know, you relive it. You realize, okay, this happened way back when move through it, come to terms with it and let it go. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a, that's a really deep therapeutic way to heal 
really deep fears or, you know, you, you could be, um, maybe have been a healer in a past life, like back in the 1600s when you were labeled a witch or whatever. And then you're afraid to do those things now because maybe you were persecuted then back in the 1600s and now you're afraid. So that's cool. Then you release that fear because you're safe now in this, in this life. Right. Cool. Very neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I did one with a friend of mine who, who did it on me, who was a hypnotherapist. He was able to, because of course, even I am a skeptic. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm thinking I made this up. Blah, blah, blah. He yeah. found I had given him a name and a time, a year and a place during a regression. We had done several. He found me on a census. No was, way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That really is. Yeah. I was some like some guy in Italy in like the 1500s. Yeah. No, he found me. Unbelievable. Isn't that weird? Yeah. 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 So I wanted to ask you about, um, the moon cycles, because I, so I keep a moon journal because I was seeing a fluctuation in my motivation, mostly like my courage and my motivation. And I would, I kept track of, and waning crescent was just like, not my friend at all. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I kept the journal of the moon cycles and I saw how it affected my ability a, to be an intuitive healer. Um, and also my own, um, motivation and things like that. Can you speak at all to the moon cycles, how they affect our psychic ability? Are you more psychic when the moon is? So it's interesting. Cause I've actually really just recently starting to get more into like learning about that, but I have never noticed anything where I had a heightened sense or even more of a harder time connecting around certain cycles mm-hmm. on a, on a mood level, like just yeah, mood yeah. personally. Sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, like, I mean, we had the new moon on Saturday with the solar eclipse. Yes. I didn't even put two and two together because I'm busy. Right. right. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was an emotional mess, like thinking of things of the past. I was having a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, yeah. I'm like, where is this coming from? And then Friday night, all of a sudden it was like light bulb. I said, the, the new moon's tomorrow. Like and the new moon is about releasing. Yes. So, so yeah, yes. so those, there's definitely, when you become more in tune with the energy around you, right? Mm-hmm. So the moon cycles and the, and mother nature and all that, um, you know, cause even the seasons too. Um, yes. Big time. Sometimes when you're feeling things, and you're like, I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. Like nothing's going on. No, it's, it has to do with that. It's trying to sh- help. It's almost like trying to cleanse you. That's how I looked at it. Like, cause then oh, I yes. realized, oh, this is something that I still hold on to that I have not released. Yeah. Um, yeah. The universe is our friend. It really is all the way is. around. And when we finally get that, you can work with mother nature. She knows exactly what's cooking and you just roll with it because she can take mm-hmm. care of you. Right. And then you have to honor people don't people fight those feelings and emotions. Yep. So it's like, no, 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 no. You there's a reason you're feeling this way. You have to honor it. Don't fight it. Don't resist. Exactly. It'll exactly. pass ride the wave. But exactly. as far as what psychic abilities are concerned, I've never had anything where like on certain moon phases where it was either more heightened or less. Well, I think you're like really connected. So you're just connected. So (laughs) you know what I mean? You have a solid connection. So it's, um, orbs, 
Mm-hmm. Just a quick explanation. What are orbs? Are they real? Are they spirits? What are so, they? So they are real, but they're way more rare than people think. Okay. I do a lot of paranormal stuff too. So I do the scientific side to it as well as the mediumship side. 99% of the times they're dust or it's a reflection of something. And I get people that'll send me pictures all the time or, or call me, they caught something on a camera or, and I'm like, no, it's not, it's not. Yeah. Um, but when you do have a true manifestation of an orb yeah. that what it, it's a bowl of energy. So it's, a, it's a soul or it's a spirit or, you know, um, you know, because sometimes you'll see that manifest into something bigger. Um, you know, I did do an investigation at someone's private residence. I want to say it was maybe a year and a half ago. And it was like, I get this all the time. Oh, I caught orbs on a camera. All right, send me the pictures or send me the video. Yeah. And I'm already shaking my head like, going, it's not. Right. They right. sent me this video and I could not stop watching it because it was not see-through it was thick it was white and it was actually moving in a pattern and this went on for like seven minutes straight like it wasn't like it just went by and went by it was in this this one corner of the room where it was actually like moving as if it almost reminded me of tinkerbell oh yeah yeah the way it was darting about and it was not just and i was like they had sure enough they did have stuff i did go um it was family though but it wasn't anything bad but yes, no, that was an orb, but it's very r- rare that I'll even see something that I really think is an orb, wow. but it is, it's just, and yeah. it's just the energy of a, of a spirit. Cool. Yeah. So I have one, one last question about, um, when spirits, when, when people who have passed to the other side, um, come to you and they, um, so when we, when we pass, um, to the next life and, they say you go beyond a veil, right? You're on the other side of the veil. Um, are they talking about a different dimension? That's how I look at it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they could still come visit us and watch over us and be in and out and, you know, um, so that's what I do. I feel like it's just another plane of existence. That's, it's just another dimension of energy. It's not like we think, Oh, heaven's up there. And you know, and then hell's yeah. down here and because yeah. no, no, no. it's all around us. It's just, it's, it's just a different dimension. I even feel that way with like, with people with, um, uh, what's it called? Sasquatch or what? Oh. Like I'm trying like, yeah, people say they get pictures of Bigfoot or whatever. Yeah. And then they're there and they're gone. I truly believe that is something that comes from another dimension and then goes back. Like that's why it's there and it's gone when people have caught things that could be questionable. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So are they around us all the time? Are our loved ones, are they just popping in and out? Do they know? Can they see us? Can they hear us? Do they talk to us? Do they? I mean, I've done so many readings where they'll bring up conversations that were just had between family members or something that was just done, whether it's in memory of them or this person is getting just had a wedding last week or so that, I mean, just to prove they're always around you. Right, right. And again, because telepathic, like you don't have to say their name out loud or talk. I mean, you can, if you, some people like to talk, if you want to just quietly think of their name, if you call them, you call them, that's what you're doing. You're calling them. Yeah. They can hear you, you know? Right. Right. 
Because I've even done readings where, like, I bring something up and, you know, I have, say, three or four family members sitting there and they all look weird. And the one family member goes, oh, I've been thinking about that. I didn't tell you guys. Because they were thinking about it. They didn't even, but this person knows. Right. You know, the person that's passed. Yeah. When my mom was in the dying process, she told me, she said, you speak to me after I'm gone and I will hear you and I will answer you in your heart. And she has. A lot. And so, um, yeah, it was a beautiful thing that she said. And, um, why do some people come through? Cause I know some people, like you said, they, they're so excited to come to a reading and then they don't get the person doesn't come to them and they get so sad. And what, what are there some reasons why there's, se- there's several reasons. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it's in a group setting specifically, like I said, it could be that they felt the spirit world felt like another person needed it more than them that night. Okay. For whatever reason, personal reasons. Um, it could also be that that soul was not one that wants to air out their personal stuff in front of a group of strangers. Sure. Got it. Um, another reason, which could be both in a group setting or a private sitting, there has to be an energetic match between the medium the person, your, your client, the person to sit or the person you're reading and the person that's passed. So I always tell people, think of like, say you meet somebody and for the first time and you feel very drawn to them, then you've got the opposite. Say you meet someone for the first time and they're very nice. You know, they're smiling, they're, they're communicating, they seem friendly, but there's something that's almost like a magnet, like pushing you away. Yep. (laughs) You don't know why. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Not every person's energy is going to mesh with another person's energy. So there has to be that, you know, that triangle of energy that blends just right to be able to communicate with that person that's passed. So you could have two mediums and I've had this happen before two very gifted mediums and say somebody lost a brother and one medium can get that brother and can nail him and get his personality or hobbies or names or whatever. And the other medium can't get that brother. It's not that they're a fraud or bad. Their energy did not mesh. Right. It's a vibrational thing. Absolutely. Which yes. totally makes sense. Yeah. I've had people that have come to me and said, oh, I'm so glad, you know, I've gone to three other mediums and this is all I've ever, who I've wanted to hear from. I actually had it last night. I did a group and a woman came up to me at the end and she said she had seen uh, three or four different ones. And all she's ever wanted to do was hear from a mother and a mother never came. And her mother came last night. But then I've also been on the other, the opposite of it, where I'm done reading someone. They're saying, I don't understand why my sister didn't come. She always comes when I go to readings. I don't have control. You <laughs> right. know? Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It definitely does. So <clears throat> this has been a wealth of information. It really has. Um, oh, I had so much fun sharing it. Yeah. I, I mean, I would like to do a second part because there's, you know, there's a million other things. Um, if I can just squeeze in one more question yeah. about, I know you do Reiki energy healings as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you do crystal, um, healings. Yeah. So, I use crystals. Yeah. Okay. What, what does that mean exactly for people who are listening? If they wanted to come and see you and have an energy healing, what does that mean when you say I do Reiki crystal, crystal Reiki? Energy. So crystal Reiki, again, like I was attuned it's, it's weird because 
I was attuned to crystal Reiki level one, which was, again, if you know anything about Reiki, there's symbols that you get attuned to. And it's got the higher the level you go, the, the higher the vibration, right? The more. So it's the same, same kind of thing. It had different symbols, different vibrations, and then different uses for the crystals. But I will say this. I have always, with my Reiki, felt drawn to using crystals in general because okay. I believe I personally feel such... Um, a draw to the energy of, of crystals, um, whether it's absorbing, I'll look at that, you got great, <laughs> absorbing crystals or, you know, energy, the crystals are absorbing, or if it's putting out an energy that like that area of the body needs, that I will just, you know, place them or I will Reiki them and place them on Why during a Reiki session. I also use tuning forks and singing bowls because I do have mm. the thing for sound and feeling like sound, I personally feel like sound is a um, huge thing in the healing process. It helps kind of break up and again, shift, it shifts vibrations, right? Even just Completely. listening to music, right? Or binaural beats will yep. change vibrations of, of a place or a person. Um, but I feel like that helps even, I use everything I can to really break up anything that needs to be shifted. Exactly. Sure. To help it move, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, move it out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. So. Okay. That's, that's cool. Well, I, um, like I said, I would love to have a second, um, episode to continue the conversation because there's just so many beautiful things to talk about. And I, I know people just want to know, they want to know that their loved ones are not far away and that they can still, when they're ready, maybe give messages. And so, um, I would like to give you this opportunity, Lisa. Um, I have experienced Lisa myself and she's wonderful. And she did read for me in a group. She did. And she didn't, she didn't remember that of course, cause she sees a million people, but she did. I remember it. And she did a beautiful, um, she's so accurate. And my mom talked to Lisa through Lisa to me. So um, I'm getting misty. So I would like Lisa to just list off where people can find you. I know yeah. you're insanely busy, but um, where they can find you and what exactly are all of your offerings that you do? Sure. Yeah. So um, my website is psychiclisamorrison.com. Um, from there, you can book a private appointment on the appointments tab or purchase a gift certificate. Um, you know, and as far as private sessions, like you said, I do the Reiki sessions. I do uh, psychic readings, which would be more like life guidance, you know, past, present, potential future outcomes, things like that. Um, although I always tell people that stuff's not set in stone. You always have free will, but, uh, the mediumship okay. readings, um, which I do one-on-one -on -one, or we could do small family groups at my office as well. Um, you know, and then I do teach classes, psychic development. Um, I do sound baths every so often at my office, um, which I love. People love mm, those. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've done healing your inner child before. Like I'll do random workshops when I have time. Um, vision boarding and manifestation. So, but the psychic development is run. Um, that's my most popular, you know, the intuitive Thanks. psychic mediumship. So that will start up again in January. It's a six week series. That's like every other Sunday evening and all of that will be posted on my website as well. And on my Facebook. Um, and your, your Facebook is, is under your name, Lisa Morrison. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's yeah, psychic medium Lisa Morrison on Facebook. Um, but if you go to my website too, there's like the tabs for Facebook and all that. You can click on to find me. Um, and then like group readings, I do travel to homes to do small private group readings of like ten or more people. I do restaurants. I do a lot of fundraisers, firehouses, animal you know rescues. I've done schools. 
things like that. Um, you know, so for a group bookings, you can email me or call me. Um, and my contact info is on the website as well um, for, you know, availability and pricing. I'm currently booking for March for private appointments and February for group appointments. Okay. And I will put all of these, I will um, make sure I put all this information in the show notes. Now you just mentioned something. So I just want to quickly ask Mm -hmm. animals. Do you, do you read heal animals? Oh yeah. I've done Reiki. I've done Reiki before animals, but I can also, um, I've done for fun, not on a professional level with like friends, like if their animals were acting weird, I'll be like, let me tap in and see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But more on a mediumship level, I have, I get animals. Mm. Like I got a, a dog, somebody's dog came through last night. So animals can come through too. Yeah. I actually sent Lisa a picture um, of a picture I took in the backyard and, um, and captured um, a little, little spirit action. So maybe the next time Lisa and I uh, do a podcast together, we'll, I'll get the results of the, of those little visitors that were in my That would be awesome. I would love to hear. Oh my God. Lisa, thank you. I just, um, I just can't thank you enough. I, your gift is beautiful and you've helped so many people. I, I am inspired and I um, can't wait to see you Saturday night. I will see Lisa. Um, I'm traveling to see she's doing a group um, mediumship. Yeah. uh, The gravity. Uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'll, I'll see you then. And in the meantime, be well. And I thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sharing your wisdom. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you would like to experience healing or give the gift of healing to another, please go to my website, www.hamsaholistichealingandayurveda.com or email me at sherry at hamsaholistichealing.com or you can contact me on Facebook, Sherry Berjanski. I offer Ayurveda consultations, Reiki energy healings, reflexology and Ayurveda foot massage, tarot card readings, angel card readings, and much more. If you found this podcast helpful, please share an episode so that we can spread this wonderful wisdom of healing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Namaste.